not like you're walking around a fake person. Uh, okay, I mean, nobody's totally fake. I mean, <laughs> there are some people that you might argue that. Hey friends, what in the world is a false self? Why do we create one? So understanding this crucial in the recovery process. So that's what we're gonna talk about. 10 years into my sobriety from drugs and alcohol, that's when I started to really dig into this concept of the false self versus the real self and also my codependency issues. The two are very related. I've been sober for 16 years, but understanding these concepts were very instrumental in my recovery because they were the reason I was an addict. The addiction was rooted in this concept along with shame, which is also part of the false self. Shame is like the root of so many things. False shame, right? The false self is something we create in our early childhood. So it's a way to get our attachment needs met. It becomes a defense mechanism to guard against disapproval and rejection and hurts and wounds and triggers. Things that began during very early phases of our development. So if our authentic self, who we are, was met with disapproval by our caregiver, we learn to react appropriately to get our needs met. It's a pretty normal thing for kids to do. So in other words, if we learn that, that who I authentically am is not safe, we act differently. In a sense, we betray ourselves for the love and approval of our caregiver. If there was extreme abuse, we can build up these walls. We, we hide our sensitive side. Nobody's going to hurt me. You, know, you can't make me cry, whatever. We can even hide this from ourselves. Or maybe dad says only sissies do that. So we hide that part of ourselves. Maybe we say, I want to be a doctor. We're told, oh, you're not smart enough. So we hide that part of ourselves to get the approval that we need. So this is where little pieces of false persona are created as a protective mechanism. It's a protective mechanism in our family of origin, but as we get older, causes emotional problems because we can feel empty inside and not understand why, because we're not living from our authentic self. We can experience anxiety, panic attacks as we try to determine how do I act to gain acceptance and approval with this crowd or that crowd or this crowd, because I don't really know who I am because being authentic wasn't safe. So we have to figure out how to act. And we can develop addictions to drugs and alcohol and money and sex and the approval of others to help with the shame that we feel deep down inside. And a lot of times this stuff is operating on an unconscious level like it was for me. But because our authentic person was met with disapproval, this false self is our protection against the shame that we feel because of that. The problem is that the constant denial of ourselves is what then perpetuates the shame and sadness, fear, isolation, addiction, and, and, but, and the feelings that we so often feel inside. And, and obviously everybody has a measure of a false self or a false front that they, they put forward to be liked and approved of. Um, but the more extreme the emotional abandonment, neglect, abuse early on, the more hidden our true self. The coping patterns we develop, develop later in life are based on the denial of that true self. So in the case of codependency, we respond to the cues of others. We seek their approval and their validation to define who we are. And then in the case of narcissism, we can attempt to create this all-powerful persona and project anything bad outward 
onto others to avoid the shame that we feel. These are kind of two extremes. So what this means to you is that if you're Christian like me, God created you unique. When sin entered the world, that's when shame, abuse, neglect, hiding, everything bad entered into that picture. But God had a plan. He longs to restore you and bring you back to the you he created you to be. So when we begin to pray, God begins to reveal these hidden parts that often hold the key to our true identity. Sometimes God will take us back to our childhood and, you know, remind us of what brought us joy and what we actually loved before we stuffed that part and before the shame entered into us. Um, so our true God-given self hold the keys to sobriety and emotional sobriety. The reason is because when we uh, when we are true to our authentic God-created, God-given self, we're not feeling trapped inside of ourselves. We're operating out of this authentic person that God created us to be. So also keep in mind that, you know, the, the false self, it's just, it's a term. It's not like who you are. Um, it's just something they use in, in, in psychology and codependency and narcissism um, to, to just, you know, everybody, again, has a measure of it. And it's not like you're walking around a fake person, okay? I mean, nobody's totally fake. I mean, <laughs> there are some people that you might argue that, but you know what I mean? They're just, they're, they're pieces of fronts that, that we put forward, right? And, and so in the case, so think of human behavior kind of on this like spectrum, right? And then you have this sort of narcissism where the shame is projected outward. And then this codependency where the shame is taken inward and you take on everyone else's feelings or you project it outward, right? And most of us are kind of somewhere in the middle. But if you think of this, I mean, think of like a multiple personality disorder, which they actually changed to uh, something like disassociative disorder, where what happens is in the case of extreme abuse or even like torture, it's pretty rare for, for this disorder to occur, but someone, a, a child will go away. They'll disassociate to survive. They'll create different personalities to survive the abuse. So in a sense, they're like creating a whole bunch of many false selves to survive. So this whole concept of false front or whatever, these are, these are just, these are protective mechanisms and, and God given in many ways, because they, they can help us during that family of origin if there's problems there. But then as we get older, that's when they start to backfire and create all of these problems. So getting into the root of that, uh, you know, rooting that out is so important. So these are just some ways people cope with the shame of emotional neglect and things like that. And there are others who have false fronts as well, or, or you know, that aren't necessarily based on needs. For instance, they call them masks or whatever, right? A psychopath or a sociopath may have a mask or a fake persona that they'll often use. And, and they do that 
a lot of times just to fit in, they have to learn how to live in this world because they don't experience cues and emotions like the rest of us, the emotional cues and things like that. Or they may be wearing that mask for really bad motives, right? To, to hurt, manipulate, or harm you. So there's that too. But listen, if you're, you know, if you're struggling right now with an addiction, I would love to send you my free stay sober resource. It's pretty cool. And it's got some stuff in it about, you know, the difference between AA and N and celebrate recovery and what makes a good sponsor and things like that. And I can shoot that over to you if you email me. And my email is genuinelife at jodystevens.org. And I'd love to hear from you in the comments section as well. Uh, you know, I mean, can, can you relate to this idea of a false self as it manifested in your own life? And thanks for being here, friends. And I will talk to you next week.